0: The Torn Cast. Welcome to the TonCast My name is Colette Wolf, And I'm going to be your host We have a very special guest today Todd Anderson
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me on your show Colette, I'm very excited
0: Yeah, but, yeah, no, my pleasure
1: I I, we, I, we I don't know if your audience Knows this, but we uh, uh, I had the pleasure of working with you On some show I don't remember it, what it was But I, I, we worked on it together, I'm sure of it and
0: a, your hat there. Uh, oh, yeah, that's it. Wearing. I'm wearing <laughs> yeah. the
1: hat. I forget that I – like, COVID is – I I used to not wear swag stuff that much, you know, because it felt – but I don't care anymore. Like, I wear this out – I went grocery shopping, so it's like, I'm going to wear this hat of the show I'm on and see if anyone notices. They didn't because I – I, I was,
0: mean, I feel like I would never have let that stop me. I feel – I love getting swag. And being like, yeah, I was on this thing. Ask me about it. Love it. Like, I have no, like, I don't mind it. I'm not ever trying to look cool.
1: <laughs> yeah, because I, I feel like people said to me that that wasn't cool. Like, uh, uh, our, our, our showrunner uh, from You're the Worst said, made a joke on Twitter the other day about, you know, you're in a certain kind of meeting with a certain kind of person when they have posters from their own stuff up. In their office behind themselves, and I literally oh. have that have a poster of the movie I did up behind myself right now. So I'm definitely not cool in that way. Well,
0: okay, so I feel like that is true. If you're like with somebody who, um, you know, Christopher null somebody who's like really done some unbelievable shit, yes, then it's like settle down. We already know you're <laughs> the jam. Like, don't you don't need a billboard. But for humble little working actors like myself, suck a dick. I want to celebrate this job I got. I went two years with no job. I'm excited. I am not going to play the too cool for school game with anyone. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. If I'm Charlize Theron one day and I'm still doing, okay, fine. But I'm not right now, so.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's totally.
0: Whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. We get to wear our hat. Is what I'm saying. You wear that thing proudly.
1: How how much uh, uh, swag do you have from uh, Hot Tub Time Machine?
0: Oh, I have a lot. And I still use it. And I love it. Like, I don't ca- care at all. Like, I probably have a Jam Sport book bag that uh-huh. I still take when I go hiking. Um, and, and it's got, like, a big-ass thing on it that's Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> and I have a robe. It's, like, a black robe that oh, I still nice. wear. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. Um, what else do I have? Like I have a ton of stuff, but those are the two things that I like use still all the time with no shame. It's been 10 years. No shame.
1: I still have a a pullover, uh, you know, like, um, I don't know. It's not like, not like a sweatshirt, but you know, it's like soft fabric. You, I don't know, whatever, like a pullover thing from a movie I did called replicate and I still, uh, use it all the time. And I, I didn't work on this show, but when I first moved to LA, I can't even remember who did, who gave this to me, but somebody gave me a black robe that said the Keenan Ivory weigh show on it. And I still, I still have that robe.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and do you still wear it? Yeah,
1: I wear it. People are like, what the yeah. hell is that? What's the Keenan Ivory weigh-in show? Yeah. Nobody remembers You're
0: that. You're like, no one knows. doesn't matter.
1: Did I bother you on set about hot tub time machine? When we were working together, or did I remain professional?
0: No, remain totally professional. I didn't even know that was like. Did you like that movie?
1: Oh, I loved it. I it's it's uh, it's one of my comfort movies that I go mm-hmm. back to. Like especially if it's late at night and I can't decide what to watch, I'll always gravitate towards hot tub time machine. Like there's like. Oh, that's
0: so funny. I do the same thing. I have like Jim Gaffigan. I've got certain like ups that I'll just like play that. It's like, Oh, lullaby uh-huh. <laughs> night story. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's so funny.
1: And there's like a, like there's a stack of them through time, you know, that I have, like I can go back and watch, you know, like back to the future or this is spinal tap, stuff like that you know, or LA story. So this is a more recent one. That's yeah. comfort food for me. And I, yeah. I've seen it way too many times and really? I, I, I irresponsibly showed it to my 14 year old son. And I, I don't, I don't know that I should have done that.
0: Oh, really? <laughs>
1: and I put, I on
0: the
1: like un, I put, I put on the unrated version. It's too. Good.
0: Maybe I would have seen, I don't know. Oh, dear God. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah no it's uh he he loved it too. I mean, it's really funny. It's a funny movie, and he he totally gets it and gets gets my sensibility when he watches things like that. So it wasn't horrible. It's just you know sometimes when you're watching it, sexual stuff with your uh kid, it, it gets it, it's a, it can be so a little awkward. weird. yeah I mean yeah. like I just randomly on uh, you know on streaming, they were streaming the the internship you know, with uh, Owen Wilson or yeah, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, you know, it's the Google movie. So, Uh and and it was PG-13 and I thought, I didn't think much of it, but like I selected the unrated version of it and to watch with my kid and it was so R-rated there like literally there was a whole strip club sequence that was mostly excised for the PG-13 thing and it's it's just naked ladies all the time and Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson having a great time and it goes on for so long and my kid just kept looking at me like really dad this is what this is what you want. And this,
0: and this is your 14 year old son. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I went, so I go to Hawaii with my family every year and um with my aunt and my two cousins and they're much younger. My cousins are much younger. So I've got a 13 year old. And he feels more like a nephew than a cousin because they're so much younger than me. Uh-huh. Anyway, I had watched this amazing um documentary and in Hawaii, this crazy is like, cult leader at the same place where we were visiting the island? And I was like, you guys, we have to watch this holy hell documentary. And then we have to see if we see this cult leader when we're on the beach here. Because apparently the cult leader is floating around Lani Kai, which is where we were staying. So I convinced my whole family, we're going to watch this movie. And my aunt was like, is it an okay movie for the kids? I'm like, well, it's about cults. We could teach them about how to not get into cults. We should totally watch. I forgot, because I'm not a parent and I don't watch movies through the lens of, like, kids. There's, like, a whole section on, like... How the cult leader had at one point been in porn, and there was even like a a clip of the cult leader doing the porn. And I was like, oh, like, I literally still can't like live it down. My aunt will never let me pick a movie to watch in front of her kids again. Why? <laughs> like, because, but like, I think cult, he was twelve or thirteen, and he was like, oh, great pick, Colette. Like, yeah. Anyway,
1: yeah.
0: we did see that cult leader like you two t- days later, though.
1: You saw him oh, for real. Yeah
0: at the beach there and so yeah like crazy the movie's called holy hell it's really good and super scary
1: oh my what kind of cult is it
0: it was like you know for like beautiful uh actor people in like the 90s um and it was just like one of those charismatic leaders who like convinces people he's got like special powers and is gonna like you know transmit it to you and give you you know unleash your personal potential kind of thing but of course he's like uh coercing sex out of people and like even like men who were straight like he would convince them that like in order for their growth they have to like you know like crazy shit and they did and then they're like crying about it later like Tricked. It's crazy. This shit's crazy. What is this? Too much. I don't know who listens. No, to this no, podcast. no. I mean, You're, it's just scary. so
1: it's so weird. It's so weird. And there's so many cults. I mean, like there
0: aren't. Did you watch The Vow?
1: No. No. Oh my God.
0: Okay. It was not an Easter. See, I love shit like cults because I just can't believe how vulnerable we all are. We're all walking around like we think we have autonomy. And it's very easy, I mean, to change people's narrative and get, I mean, I don't know how easy, I've never been a cult leader, but like, it looks pretty easy <laughs> to trick people.
1: It, yeah. You just got to find them at the right time when they're like insecure, uh, scared. Uh, lonely.
0: You know, lonely. A lot of All these those... people are like lonely and like waiting for the career to start or they're, you know, um, my sister was in something and I knew it was a cult. She was like in her 20s called Christian City Church, and it was in Manhattan. It, it was Christian though, so she thought it was whatever. Oh, those people have gone down since, like federal indictment, you know, the whole thing. But I knew the whole time, I was like, they were taking directly money out of her paycheck. She was uh, making, and like she was making minimum wage and they were getting 15% of her paycheck directly from her paycheck. Whoa. Oh yeah, this Christian church, bullshit. Whoa, so, yeah. And since then, I think I'm like fascinated with that stuff.
1: Yeah, my uh, 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 sister, when she was in college, wound up in in one of these Christian cult things. Um, And then she had the wherewithal to realize what it was ultimately and get out. But uh, like, I totally understand. You know, I totally like if Jared Leto came over and wanted me to go to his island to be a part of his music cult, Uh, like right now, I'd probably be like, well, are they safe on the airline getting out to the island because of the COVID? (laughs) But part of me would be like, okay, Jared Leto, I'll be in your music cult. Let's go.
0: Would you really? I don't
1: know. I don't know. I just, things are so crazy right now. No, I won't abandon my family for Jared Leto's music cult. (laughs) Okay, I was wondering... But just like in my mind, you know, if I was alone, if I didn't have this re- responsibility that I do, and he came to my door right now, I'd probably be like, "Okay, let's go." Let's do I'll, it. Be in, I'll be in your music cult. I don't watch the documentaries because they scare me too much. So, you um, know, I, I'm a I'm a movie guy, so I watch movies about you know cults. Like there was that, yeah,
0: <laughs> there was that yeah, one yeah, yeah.
1: with John Hawkes. Uh, 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 a a bunch of years ago Mary may Marman lean just like four names of a girl um, I
0: love John Hawks I haven't seen the movie though
1: it's he's really creepy he plays the cult leader he's
0: such a good actor
1: yeah he really is uh, and then another one another one and it's not it has a cult element in it was uh, the the wildly underrated um, uh, uh, movie about uh, uh, the hotel It was Jeff bridges um and, and he he went to a hotel on the like nevada california border what the hell was it called a bad time at the el royale and that had uh uh thor was the cult leader in that and i was like well, you know I, as a straight man if chris hemsworth was doing all that dancing and that charmingness stuff that he was doing uh-huh. with his cult i'd be like i don't know, i probably would join it really yeah he's very charming. I mean yeah you know it's Chris Hemsworth I know that's not real he's just acting but
0: Well so that's what's really crazy about these cults is that they're, they don't look like Chris Hemsworths the these cult leaders so I just watched The Vow which is about that Nexium cult did you read about the Nexium cult No Oh my gosh okay so the girl from Smallville Allison Mack you didn't hear anything about this. Oh She's, Yes,
1: I did. She was recruiting like total like
0: rappeteering and sex trafficking and
1: I did hear about Yeah, that.
0: and they did this whole like, oh yeah, it's nuts. Well anyway, so there's this great documentary that just came out on HBO. I know you don't watch this stuff, but um but I don't have any movie stuff to share with you because I unlike you don't watch as many movies because the acting is distracting for me a lot. <laughs> so I like I love stand-up and I love documentaries. <laughs>
1: wait, wait. What is distracting about the acting? Is it that it's not very good in many cases? Or is it just that you... Well, sometimes
0: have- it's great. If it's great, yeah. Uh, I don't know. It just I feel like it takes a lot for it, the suspension of disbelief for me. I can see the story so easily or see the... And I just don't want to think about that stuff. Whereas I think some people, maybe if you worked in documentaries, you'd be like, oh, they're cutting here and they're trying to make you think this and they're sure. manipulating you. But I don't. I can turn my brain off and just watch. Whereas right. with scripted stuff, I find myself being like, oh, right, okay, so that's uh, this problem. So say, you, have a, you
1: have a busman's holiday situation with the acting, it sounds like. you What's know
0: busman's holiday? No.
1: Well, a busman's holiday, it's an old expression about a guy who drives a bus, you know, someone who drives a bus, and the only holiday he can afford to go on is a bus trip. So his holiday is his job. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it sounds like you can't escape into the movies because you're too aware of how they're assembled. So it's a little bit of a busman's holiday.
0: Right. But if it's an excellent one, I can just like everybody else. But like most things, if they're like not really excellent, no.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I imagine that a busman, if he's on a really, really nice bus and the driver is top notch, he can enjoy a bus trip as well. True
0: Zion (laughs) National Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) really good scenery
1: <laughs> but yeah a lot of buses are gross so yeah what are you going to do but i like i like i'm weird in that i like bad movies um as much as i like good ones i i just love i love movies and i'm i haven't been to one in so long now and i'm sad but i'm not going they can't talk me into going to see tenant i'm not going i'm not I, i'm not going <laughs>
0: So wait, so like drive-ins, would you do a drive-in or that?
1: I would do a drive-in, yeah, but I just, I haven't been compelled to. Right. Because it's expensive, I have to drive far, and so often the the movies they're playing right now are, are are. for the most part, old movies, you know, it's like, come watch Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it's like, I don't want to drive an hour to see a movie I've seen a thousand times.
0: Or I can get on my TV from streaming service XYZ. Totally. Yeah, exactly. Totally. Right. And I did, I like, I
1: have been seeing movies and making uh, events out of it in my house. Like we watched Bill and Ted three, you know, I've been doing that. Um, Yeah. But like Bill and Ted Three, that's playing at drive-ins. But I was like, no, I'm not driving an hour to watch Bill and Ted Three. I'm just, I, I don't know. It's just not.
0: You can't do was, it. Can't can't do it. Yeah. yeah.
1: If there was one, and there is one, there's a couple of places where I live um, that do like the pop-up ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I, you know, I haven't been to those either because they're all they they are where I live, and I'm not a hundred percent sure you know, how the clientele is going to be behaving as far as uh, social distancing and mask wearing and all that is concerned. So uh, it's the the going to these things, like I haven't been to a restaurant either. And it's, and and I know that they're open, you can do patio and all that stuff. But the the stress of it sounds like too much trouble for me. So
0: I haven't done a restaurant in LA. I went since all this started, the only restaurant I've been to is Denny's and it was a emergency on our way back from seeing national forest. We were so hungry, but there was nobody in there. It was like two in the morning. I'd been driving forever. And I was like, we could just sit at a Denny's and eat like old times. Uh-huh. And the, the kid came over, he was wearing like a shield and a thing. And like, there was no one else in the Denny's. Yeah, we went So we you, chanced it but then for 2 weeks I was anxious as fuck thinking I had covid. So Did
1: you get a test?
0: No, I mean no. I just wrote it you, out and never had any symptoms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I did eventually get a test before I worked on the um I did a pilot a little while ago. So yeah, we had to get a bunch of tests for that.
1: Oh wow. So you did you shot a pilot uh during this uh, uh, situation
0: yes so we were doing we made a pilot we were supposed to make a pilot back in march and then um we got shut down like we did five days of rehearsal we had this big dinner with kevin hart who's one of our producers where we all joked about he was going to give us covid because he's like constantly traveling all over over. and this was right before the next day everything oh wow shut down the world that seemed like this was like march 9th or something. i don't know and um and then, and I moved at the same time. I like sold my house and closed two days before I found out I got this show and then like was going to stay with a friend for a couple weeks. And now I've been here this whole time. I'm living in this garage. We call it a pool house, but it's really a converted garage. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> so I've been here for like six fucking months living in a garage. <laughs> like I moved out of my gorgeous house and I live in a garage. And then like, I was just waiting for this like show, like maybe it'll get made, who knows? And then they did, like NBC, this was like they kept saying they were gonna do it. And my agent was like, Yeah, Colette, don't hold your breath. Like no nothing's getting made. Nothing. Like Mm -hmm. it's not gonna happen. And we did. They like brought us all together. They um tested everybody. We had to take tests every day. And they like, I don't know, everybody was wearing shields and doing weird shit. We even did our network run through for NBC with masks on. Oh, wow. Which was amazing. I've never been less nervous. I wasn't nervous at all. Normally, because it's a live sitcom, whatever. Terrifying. Like, they're watch- and they're taking your jokes and giving it to somebody else. If you're not funny, it's so stressful, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. like you're just like, fuck! Like, yeah. it's just like, it's such a high-pressure situation. This was, like, the least pressure I've ever felt in my life because the network wasn't even there. They're all, you know, too afraid to catch COVID. So they all stay home, and they watch on this, like, tele like a zoom call they're watching the network run through (laughs) so they're not in your face with their suits like not laughing just like that no there's none of that it was awesome and um and we got to do the whole thing with masks which also was like it's basically like you're hiding which i fucking (laughs) loved like because it made it so i wasn't nervous at all it gave my best performance of my life behind that mask um and then when we actually went to do the show, everybody was so bummed. There was no live audience. I'm like, I love this. I hate a live audience so much more stressful. I can't stand. I love just like regular, like rego acting. Like you're just, uh-huh. feels like you're just by yourself.
1: Yeah, acting. I agree. I love
0: that. It's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So, yeah, the, we did
1: the, that mul- um, the multicamp thing. And there there's, there's so few of them by comparison from, from when I started. But I always found those way more stressful. Because people were always like, no, you want to get one of the multicam sitcoms because your schedule is awesome. You have like, you, you know, only a couple long days a week. The and I'm like, yeah, but you still, you have to do all these run-throughs in front of the network and in front of the studio executives. And then you have to, you do it in front of a live audience. And that that's all terrifying. It's like doing a play every week. It's <laughs> with an opening night every week. That's it, terrifying. Uh and yes. I worked on one And if show. they don't
0: think you're funny, they will take your joke and give it to your fucking friend, your new bestie that's right beside you who knows how to make shit funnier. So talk about competitive, it's like so stressful.
1: Right. And I I have great... had it
0: happen where they gave me my friends jokes over and over, and I'm like, oh my god, she's gonna start kicking oh my boy. fucking guts. Oh it, boy. but it's happened both ways. Because it's really just like whatever whoever's got the better or the easier character to write for it's not like who's a better actor but you can't help but be like oh they hate my fucking guts you know what i mean
1: yeah totally totally i i had a recurring role on a sitcom for a a couple of years and it was it was the lowest rated sitcom on television i think it was the lowest rated (laughs) show period on television what was the sitcom sitcom? nikki
0: okay sorry we might want to pause i've got like Someone blowing leaves. My dog is barking. I don't. Know. Can you hear that? I,
1: I, I can't hear it. I can hear you fine. I think it'll be fine on the oh. on the Zoom recording. It should okay, be great. Fine. Um, okay. um, But anyway, so it was it, it, it was uh, the show uh, started uh, uh, Nikki Cox, um, and, and Toby Huss was in it. Do you know Toby?
0: No.
1: Um, I'm surprised you haven't run into that guy. He's really great. Uh, but you don't watch movies, so I can't reference the most recent Halloween movie, which he's very funny in. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, I don't
0: uh, know who that
1: is. I, I can't. I can't wait but anyway, it, it was a very low rated show about a Vegas showgirl. And it was so low rated that like nobody would come like people, you, you know, they have to get a studio audience in there and they couldn't. So they would send a bus into like Van Nuys and just pick up people, uh, mostly Spanish speaking immigrants and promise them free pizza and bring them. So we'd have an entire audience of people that didn't speak English while <laughs> watching the show. So it became, it beca- like over time, it became like, look, let's just not do it with the audience. And, and Nikki would always push to not do it with the audience. Cause she read rather- it. So we did all these multi cam shows with nobody there and I loved it so much. It was so chill. There was so little pressure. And also totally, like, so a few people watched it, so that was also <laughs> helpful.
0: So I feel like what they don't tell you, like I was on, I did an episode of How I Met Your Mother, and so what's so great about that is they block and shoot, so no audience, and it's a sitcom. So that is the I think ideal setup to be on on TV, because like the off, it takes time, you know, like. I did a little guest doing whatever, but all of that stuff takes so long. You do a sitcom, you're in and out. And if you do a sitcom block and shoot, best situation ever. So it looks like if this show goes, it'll be a block and shoot because COVID.
1: Right. Yeah. That's yeah. I did a, uh, like one of those Disney kids shows and it was like that. It was, it was block and shoot this, the same thing. Um, but they treated it like it was like the rehearsals were treated like you would do it for a live show. But then on the shooting day or two shooting days, I can't remember then it was block and shoot, but it was like the whole rehearsal process, the whole time, including network run-throughs and all that. And those are the, those are the things, the network run-throughs are the ones that make me the most nervous.
0: Me too. I think the, I, I feel like what's different about this is they like this show And so, like, I don't know if it's because they like Kevin Hart or they like the script. I don't understand, but it's such a different vibe when the network likes the show. Ah, ah, And they think everything's hilarious. And and they're like, what the fuck? Like, it's so, it's just so interesting, like, to see the difference. Because as the actor, I'm doing the same performance. I'm always giving it my all. I'm always excited to be there. I always want my character to do, I always want to do my best work. But, like, it's like you're if they I don't know it's just so interesting when they, they've decided we like this or we like this producer or whatever they're so much nicer to you yeah it's so and you can feel it it's like it makes you realize like how much power like in even with a bad show like you guys have the power to make this a nice experience even if you're going to cancel us next week you're yeah, making it true. a turd for everybody <laughs> like
1: yeah, the kids—the kids the the kid show I worked on Disney. I—I I, I guess they didn't like it because it had that vibe of like high. Pre- and I was like, "But it's a kids show. Why are we? Why are we so somber and dour and self-serious about everything?" On a this- its
0: almost like you feel like they're mad at you, mm-hmm. and you're like, "You hired me to do that. I don't know why we're making it. If you're this angry, like I don't get it."
1: That's the way I felt. That's not the I-
0: experience I'm having this time. But I've had that experience on almost every show, and none of mine have ever gone past six episodes. So I guess they really <laughs> never liked any of the shows they put me on. <laughs> yeah. so. It's a
1: weird feeling. I And I was a guest star on this kid's show. And the first thing, you know, I had auditioned, and I got the part, and then we had the table read. And then overnight, the network executives called uh, the producers, and we like, we hate this script. Throw it out. So, oh they God. rewrote yeah. the whole script overnight and they didn't recast me or anybody. They kept all the actors they'd hired and they kept uh, my character name, but everything about the character was different. And all the stuff that I had latched onto comedically that I made work was gone. And I was like, I don't, <laughs> now I don't know what's funny about this. This is not what you hired me to do. I, I'm trying to work it out. And at one point, one of the producers took me aside at the beginning of a lunch break and gave me like sentence by sentence line readings and made me feel like the, if I screwed this up, then this whole show is going to die and everybody's going to be out of work. That's, and I was like, why me? I'm the guest. I'm a guest. It, yeah. Go talk to the kids who are the leads. Why is it on me? It was horrible, and then when I left, like at the end of it, I was like, "Okay, thanks, guys." And they were like, "I was
0: like, like, oh my god, yeah, it's so crazy." It's I see, but this is the stuff I do love about being an actor because it is like what you're describing right there to me is such a spiritual like balance between like caring about your work. And separating yourself from what other people think, from their validation, like it's so like,
1: yeah, just it's, an
0: interesting practice to do. It's not great. I hate that feeling. But we all as actors have been in that situation. Everybody like,
1: I, I I've done so many commercials. Hang on, I got to shut this door. I'll do it. <laughs> oh, thanks, hon. Um, uh, I did a lot of commercials and and commercials. Like even now, like sometimes. I've been in so many that people who work in commercials regularly will geek out a little bit on me, like remembering old things that I did, which is cool. But for the most part, you know, people don't acknowledge, you know, that I've been in the biz for a while or that I'm, you know, a seasoned performer or anything like that. It's just, I'm yeah, just yeah, yeah. a body on the set. And so it, like theatrical, you switch from that to theatrical, and you, you almost immediately feel more like royalty theatrically. Even if you're just like a honey wagon room, you've got a room. Like in commercials, you're lucky if you can get a chair, if you can find a chair. <laughs> so you're usually just jammed into a mobile home with everybody else, like the producers and, every, and the ADs, and everybody's just in a thing. So you wind up sitting under a tree somewhere waiting to be called to set. So getting in a honey wagon, it's like, oh, wow, I have my own private closet that smells like a urinal. This is great. I'm, <laughs>
0: I'm
1: <laughs> <totally> so, <laughs> so, and then, you know, uh, I, have w- worked with some legendary, legendarily horrible commercial directors, you know, who m- are awful and getting through okay, in what
0: way are they bad at their job or they're mean,
1: they're abusive.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: i mean it w- it w- it's sort of i mean it's i do think it's gotten better in the twenty years that I've been doing it, and a lot of these guys who i started with don't don't do it anymore um but when I first started, it was more common to have like total asshole- uh, you know off the rails kind of directors you know what i mean who can class-
0: i ask what year when did you start
1: i got he- i got to l a in ninety five and I got lucky. I was working by 96. I would say the end of 96. Um, so yeah, like mid to late 90s yeah. is when I started. The
0: dark ages. The dark ages.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So you doing-
0: things have changed so much since then. I mean, as a woman 2007, I've had so many good experiences with men in the business and like not like respectful men and great dudes. That I'm like, oh, but some of it, I did catch the tail end of the gross shit happening. Oh, really? Like, like, Oh yeah. Propositions. Oh my God. That's Oh yeah. Where you're like, Oh, that's real. That still happens. I think TV is not as bad as film. I feel like there are way more rules for TV film. You're like, how did you get this far with that? Oh my God. I can't believe this person's (laughs) so big. I can't believe they're. Doing that and still getting away with it. And I'm also not going to blow a whistle on them. So <laughs> that's probably how. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, like <suck> what, it. <laughs> or, Was it
1: a situation where these situations that you had to get yourself out of or like how? how? I, um,
0: hmm. Yeah, I don't want to go into it too much, but um, yeah, a couple of things, a couple things, but not where I felt like, Oh, I can't handle it. But just, um, where I was like, "Oh, the stuff they say about Hollywood is totally true." Right. <laughs> Every gross thing is true now. And as I've gotten older, and maybe it's because I'm older, maybe it's whatever. I feel I do feel like things are a lot more strict. But the entire time I've been in TV, from the very first project back in 2008 or whenever that was, I've never had an issue in TV. Like, where even like. I feel like every guy I've met in TV is a stand-up dude. You wouldn't survive TV if you aren't cuz you've got networks, you've got like there's a lot of checks and balances and rules and shit. Whereas film is a slippery slope.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs>
0: like some people get through the cracks that you're like, "How in the hell are you as successful as you are doing this shit?" But they are and they're still fine and nobody's called them out, including me. Not going to do it. <laughs> like, wow. Yeah,
1: I mean commercial yeah. I, I think commercials are probably more like feature films in that way.
0: Uh right. That's what I was thinking when you said that with the abuse, because I yeah, I just think um there's less checks and balances.
1: Yeah, that, that makes sense. And but also I think in that period of time too, the director became became the godlike figure. You know, like directors, even commercial directors. We're becoming these names that people would go to. Oh, we got to get this guy to direct our campaign because he's, you know, and and so much in commercials, you know, when it, it, the companies are buying for uh, bragging rights, like bragging material. We got this guy, and you guys didn't. Pepsi got this guy. Coke didn't get this guy, like that sort of thing. So the that drove well.
0: The, and you're getting a lot of film directors are doing commercials.
1: Oh, sure, yeah.
0: So, yeah, so you're getting the same people as the film world doing the commercial stuff. They get big film directors to do commercials.
1: I've been, I've auditioned for a number and I've worked with a few. I worked with one who had a reputation, um, like, including, like, YouTube videos. Like, so (laughs) there was evidence, public evidence of his reputation. And so I'm walking in going, really? I'm doing a commercial with this guy? What's it going to be like? he did not give a shit about the commercial <laughs> so he had no passion he was just like doing he was d- doing what the client said and directing and the only thing the only thing i saw him blow back was against the clients and it wasn't against me because at one point he came in like they want you to do this and i was like dude i've been chewing on this chicken sandwich for nine hours. And now it tastes like sand. Like I can't swallow it. We've been doing this one, you know, we've been doing a thing and the joke was I was eating (laughs) as I was talking and then they decided, Oh, but that's comedic, but it does. It looks like he's not really eating the product. So this guy came up and he's like, they really want to see you swallow the food. And I was like, I, I literally can't, it tastes, it tastes like sand. So I, I can't, I can't get it down. And he, uh, I thought he was going to scream at me. I was ready. I was prepared. And he went, okay. And he went back and he said, we're not doing it that way. Sorry, guys. So you never know what people are going to be like. It depends on the situation, I guess.
0: Totally, totally. Because
1: I've had, you know, I've had bad experiences with people that other people have had great experiences with and vice versa. You know, it just depends on the day, I guess. For me, it was all about when I was working minimum wage. Yeah, in yeah. City, the, that, that's how I judge my celebrity encounters because I saw so many of them. And like people who had bad reputations were totally lovely to me in, in that situation. And people who had really good reputations were total assholes. So, you know, I, I feel like-
0: Interesting. The way
1: you treat the guy who's working the cash register at the sugar-free bakery and gift shop is uh that's a true true testament of your character so so uh how tell me about hot tub time machine was it fun (laughs) is it as fun yes was it as fun to do as it is to watch
0: yeah i wish i had okay so this was one of my first i think it was my first biggest paycheck or maybe i made a big paycheck in tv i don't know it was a big paycheck for me and it was a big deal that I booked that movie so it felt so important and I got so nervous and yes it was fun but I think that I had so much anxiety over wanting to make it it was very ambitious I had like come to Hollywood later than I you know at 27 or whatever and um and I think it was like 30 when I did that and so I was like oh my god like so I just put so much pressure on it yes it was fun But, and I want to be like, we had the best time. I had a good time. I would have had more fun if I had just lived in the moment instead of being like, okay, good. So I got a movie and now I need to, you know, I just was like Uh so ambitious and I wish that I had been less, like just could have lived. Breathe it in, bitch, enjoy it. This is what's, you know...
1: Yeah, I get that. I had a lot. I, I, I feel like earlier in my career, it was, but I still get, I, I, I put a lot of pressure on myself to do a good job, especially if it's something, I don't know how the, the screenplay of Hot Tub Time Machine, but when we were working on You're the Worst, you know, I'd get those pages, get that script that I was in, you know, and it would give me anxiety because I thought it was really good and I, and I didn't want to be less than the material. You know, so that's...
0: I had this I had this very, like, okay, so I cared way too much for, like, too long. And was so, like, out of everything. And I would get these jobs, and I would whatever, and I would do well, but I wasn't really enjoying it. And I kind of... And then some stuff happened where it seemed like I wasn't getting any work, I wasn't whatever, and I almost, like, went the other way and kind of felt like I don't really care and whatever. And then I'd be on a job and, like... I always once I'm there want to do good but it was this weird and now I feel like I'm on the other side of that and I'm like I care I want it to be good and also I'm not in control of any of this like but I feel like I finally have a more balanced perspective and I can actually really do good work and enjoy it right, and right. B- because giving up on the like I've finally given up on this idea that I'm gonna like well, A, that I even want to be like a huge superstar, but I really wanted that when I was at 27, I came here, I'm like, yep, I want to do This is what I'm doing. Like, I like, really? I don't know. And I've given up on that, but not given up on the do good work. And, I've, and I finally can see like how I didn't get how little control, which sounds crazy because everybody talks about it. But like, I really didn't believe how little control I had. Like I thought I could... Which sounds crazy. No, it doesn't. Statistics, or you look at whatever. But I really thought I could, like, will it if I'm just skinny enough and this thing enough and I'm good enough and I've whatever, I can will this career or will something to be great. And I really no longer believe that. (laughs) (laughs) I really believe that things are going to be exactly whatever they're going to be, that the best people do not always get the job, the most talented people do not. And sometimes, you know, and, and it doesn't matter. And, and I still can really enjoy doing a part in like a, in a turd project. I could like really enjoy my part or in like a great project. I could not, you know, whatever, just, I don't know. I just feel like I finally have this more. I, last year I wanted to quit. and am going to quit. I like applied to grad school did all this stuff. Cause I was just like, I not working at all. And I don't have it in me to like, create my own content. I just don't want to do it. I'd rather go to grad school and be a social worker. (laughs) Like, so I like applied to grad school, did all the stuff. I hadn't booked a series regular in years, five years, something like that. I mean I tested every year for a series regular but just didn't land it. And so I applied to school and like found a school up in Canada and like met this guy and was like I'm gonna just move on with my life. Like I really in like a very peaceful I'm okay way like I'm done. I put my house on the market. Sold my house and the day after I sold it, I found out I booked two shows, (laughs) two series regulars. Which one would I like to do? And I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. (laughs) Like I really truly let go finally and like two things. So then I was like, well, I'll stay in this garage (laughs) at my friend's house, (laughs) like for a couple of weeks while I make this pilot, and then I'll go to Canada. Didn't get into grad school. They don't want me. Turns out it's harder than it looks to get into grad school. (laughs) and um and I got this show instead and so I'm living in a garage anyway I just to say all that is just to say I feel like I am finally in this like man I wish I knew this when I was 27 like I had the same feeling in my heart that I have now which is just like it doesn't really none of this really matters (laughs) like which I didn't it does
1: in the moment I get in the
0: doing of it and that's it Right. It's the only part that matters is like, what are we doing in this moment? That is all the But I really, I, there's no way to like get it or give that to someone else, which is too bad. You kind of got to like walk yeah, through all you, the you, turds and the years of like gripping and refusing to let go <laughs> before you can finally get it.
1: Well, and I, I just, I think that comes with experience and, and, and your disappointment. <laughs> yeah. And, and, just the way your thoughts and anxieties and everything develop uh, the way you deal with, it. I don't know. You can't teach that. You can't. Cause I'm the same way. I like what I I'm, I'm even a little different. I I, I think I'm just, I felt like I was owed, uh, you know, a, like a regular gig of some kind. I, I don't need to be a movie star. I mean, I thought I should be a movie star. That's what I thought, you know, but that's okay. Or or a series regular. I've never booked a series regular in twenty years. I used to tell when I first started. I tested all the time, but I, I but I never never booked one. I still haven't. Like that's at this point, that's like the only dream that I cling on to is that to get that kind of gig, like a series regular role on something that that's a hit that lasts for a bunch of years. <laughs> that, that's like I still cling to that kind of hope. Uh, but yeah, the the initially it was just my frustration so much of it was crazy ego thinking well what why why you know why is that guy in the movies and not me that doesn't make any sense that was like my whole thing and <laughs> over time i was like this is it's it's one it's a crap shoot uh
0: well that's what i was gonna say it doesn't make any sense i mean i love ed helms i've worked with him a couple of times. you could do i mean anyway i just like i can picture you in a bunch of Other people that are very successful, they're not funnier than you. They're not more talented than you. So I understand why you would feel that way. I definitely felt that way. I've seen people and I'm like, well, fuck, I know how to, I really can do that. Why am I not? Because it it is a crapshoot. It's not about that.
1: Right. Exactly. I mean, and that's.
0: We want it to be. We want it to be fair.
1: Yeah, but it's not. I mean and no. and and what the way I shifted my thought cuz you you called yourself a a, a working class uh, actor and that's how I adjusted my perspective it's like I'm I, I'm this is my job I'm a craftsman if somebody hires me you know the same way a plumber bids for the job and you you pick who you think is the best plumber and then you hope that they respect that you chose them and they do a good job. So that's sort of, that's all I'm trying to do when I get cast is just try to do a good job. And a and a project has to be really off the rails for me to get mad at it. You know, it it has to be a complete mess for me to get mad at it on the day. If I'm working on something that I'm, I'm happy, I'm uh, happy to be on a set. Uh, yeah. That's, that's how I approach things now. Yeah. Which is the bad, but uh, uh, like you in 2019, it was so bad, uh, like I, you know, coming off of your the worst five years, you know, where we covered. had these
0: great scripts. You were fucking hilarious. On the show. Me I mean, too. yeah, like we've all got to do fun shit though. They wrote, yeah, really yeah. good stuff for everybody on that show.
1: Yeah, and it, and it was easy to get spoiled with the the quality of the content that we were creating. But I, and I didn't expect, you know, to get uh, movie offers. Um, I just, <laughs> I thought I'd get more work. That's all in 2019. And it was just, it was just a real dry year. And then rolling into this goddamn year, I'm like, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, so many friends in the same boat. I have a friend uh, who last year went through exactly what you went through in that he decided, fuck it, I'm going to graduate school. Uh, mm-hmm. and on his way, you know, to graduate school, he he booked a gig on the new Walking Dead series. So like that I I think that's a classic story too. When you're oh, wow. ready to pack genuinely when you've genuinely moved on, that's when they get you. I've heard this story a million times before. Maybe that's what I need to do. I need to genuinely quit. <laughs> you know.
0: Pack up your whole family. Pack them up. <laughs> Sell your house.
1: <laughs> yep, pack them up. Get out of here.
0: Yeah. Sorry. I know you've been at the school for a while. We're all leaving <laughs> we're, to jinx the town. <laughs> yeah.
1: We're playing, we're Murphy's, law. Is <laughs> playing so, Murphy's Law against itself. That's what it is. Don't
0: worry. We're coming right back. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's what um, I should be, Like plan a really expensive, non-refundable vacation.
0: Totally. And, and you will get something. No, I, I think also it, it, you're a little interesting in that you have you do create content right like even you saying like look do you want to do this podcast do you and I uh did the film pigs episode with you uh, since I met you you're always doing stuff and you have this interesting wife and you got kit like you've got a life so I feel like um for somebody like you what I noticed for me is that this life if I'm not working on periods work for me because I the truth for me. Some people are like create content. No, no, no. The truth for me is I don't want to. Period. Don't. Not interested. Like I either want to act as people, shit, or I don't want to do it. <laughs> so like, and and I didn't have this other big world here too with like an interesting husband and kids, you know, whatever. So it's kind of like I think you do have to have that. You have to have either making your own content, have making your own family, like whatever, so that it's not everything is just this you 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 thing.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I do it in so many ways because to keep myself psychologically level, I guess, Uh, Yeah. because, you know, so much like 2019 is a great example. So much you get paid and you're waiting around, but so much of an actor's life is waiting around. You're waiting around for somebody who has money in their pockets to give you money to do your thing, you know? Uh, And, and if, if I, I find that if I, if I just wait, then nothing happens. I find more often than if I'm doing something, especially if it's something that I, I latch into and really like doing, then somebody with money will want to interrupt me from doing that to do their thing. You know what I
0: mean?
1: And then if I get on a roll and I'm getting a lot of gigs in a row, then maybe I'll let the stuff that I'm doing myself drop off. And then I, I, this is not based in science. This is just, it feels like it's this way, (laughs) but it's in my head. But it feels like, and then if it, the work drops away and then I'm not creating my own work, then i then I sit there and I'm like, I feel like everything is stopped. Uh, like, and if I don't start myself rolling some kind of rock up a mountain, then nobody's going to pay me to. (laughs) (laughs) roll <laughs> some other rock up a mountain it, it's just it's weird it's just it's like walking into a room you know in an audition room like you if you have something else going on and you're just popping by to be creative with other people and you have that vibe i feel like it helps you
0: in the audition room well yeah i mean like just the fact that i was trying to sell my house which was i did it like i sold it through this agency that's like so fancy and they like they were having me do i mean everything to this house scenario. get house ready. And, and, and I went to grad school and I'm making these class, like and like to prepare for uh, assuming I was getting into the pencil. I didn't know at the time that I wasn't getting in. So I was like taking online, class. I was so fucking stressed. And I'm like, I got two auditions in one week for two pilots. And I just like, I'll go <sighs> and like, give it my all in the room. And that's all I can do. I am so stressed out. Like I don't have time. And I went to these two auditions, got two tests and booked both shows. I'm like, you have got to be kidding me. All these years sitting here rotting on my asshole, doing nothing and nothing. And then this, like, so weird.
1: Yeah, it's classic. Actually, I, I, when I first started my, I had a commercial uh, uh, agent, very small agency, but like whenever there, whenever something was difficult, Whenever it was difficult to get to a call or something happened, you know, my car broke down or, you know, I got like, these are the days when I don't want to go. I have a fever and my agents be like, no, no, you should go. This is a good gig, you know? And literally I've had people like when I was sick saying, I I shouldn't do this. I have the flu. had people basically begging me to come in and work sick. Now that's never going to happen again. Right ever <laughs>
0: right. no. as soon as you said it i'm like no no with the flu you should definitely
1: stay home yeah yeah, yeah exactly and
0: i should have stayed yeah.
1: home, uh, but they really wanted me to do this commercial so uh, you know i would work with the flu um and just anything like that and they would uh, my agents will always say well, you're gonna book it because it's a major pain in your ass right now and it it was often true it was often true that i would book yeah. the that it a pain in the ass
0: yeah it's weird it's super weird. And I know you said it's not a science, but it does feel like something spooky action at a distance. Something's happening here.
1: Yeah, there's got to be, you know, I'm not religious.
0: Energetic or.
1: Yeah, it's some, like some energy that you have when you've got other shit going on.
0: Because we are animals and we smell that shit on people and we're like, oh, you're busy? Hmm. No, yeah. no, get over here.
1: Yeah, yeah, we, want, <laughs> yeah, we like that. We, you're busy. We <laughs> want you yeah, to be busy. Rest?
0: Well, the. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's interesting does
1: there's so there's so you want to be
0: part of us get away <laughs>
1: yeah exactly we too, fucking yeah I, I would say that hollywood operates like high school in that way it's totally like high school dating it's like if you're aloof and you're busy and you don't you don't have time then they want you but if you're like, "Hey, you, I'll, I want to hang out," and they're
0: like, "eh," I'll do a backflip. They're, no, get out of here, gross. Yeah, no what? thanks.
1: Too desperate. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird. But oh. then, the last two years have been uh, crazier.
0: Yeah, yeah, um, yes. 2018, I think I did like a little guest star on like AP Bio, like a little recurring, and then, and then I had a one. Oh, I did um I was an understudy for this All in the Family thing for uh, they did the Jeffersons and they did All in the Family like oh, a yeah, live.
1: Yeah.
0: I watched it. Mm-hmm. I was an understudy for Ellie Kemper and it was a kill yourself. Like I was like, "Oh my god. Like I've never been treated so formally in my life. Like it was just like demeaning on like every level I was so excited they called me and like said like would you do this thing? and I'm like yes of course and like I made sure I knew all the lines like I took it seriously because I thought you know I don't know what if she like and, it, and she was like super pregnant at the time so it was also crazy because it's like they would rather shoot around this like very pregnant woman than like use you um, like, <laughs> and, like, and she couldn't be there for a few days so like I was so excited I got to, what's with Jimmy Burroughs, like got to, you know, at, he didn't look me in the eye. It was like, I wasn't there. Like it it was like, I was an extra, Mm -hmm. which I I hate the way people in the industry tweet extra. I think it's so gross. Um, Not everybody, but I've seen a lot of people do it. And I'm just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like these people love what we do. Like they're excited or they want to do what we're doing. Like, what is wrong with you? Like and- there's
1: so many background artists that that I've worked with, like i I have familiar faces all the time, So whenever I see background people, I'm always saying, "Hey, what's going on?" i to me, they're just actors on a set. That's <laughs> the, yeah, I don't know why there's that class structure, but I mean, it's true. You know, if you're if you're an under five or
0: so there is, but it was like true with the the understudy thing. And I'm like, if it's, it's a live show. Guys, if somebody gets sick and I we have to step in, like we have to be able to do the job.
1: Yeah. They like were crazy. I was so
0: crazy. And they had made it they the way they propositioned it you was know, like um And Lear, it's like this. Oh my God! You know, amazing, and like, and then I got there, and I was like, Oh my God! Like, you were like to be like not seen, not hurt, like you like in the shadows. Like it was so crazy, and all the other actors that were doing it felt the same way. They were all like, Oh my God! It's like they hate us, and I'm like, I know. Like, like it was the craziest that pushed me. Over I was like why am I and because that was my first gig I had had in like a year and I was just like it was so demeaning and demoralizing and just like I don't know and then I did one guest star on Shameless it's like I because I barely had any auditions that was the other thing it wasn't like I wasn't booking it was like I just didn't have any auditions and so I booked this little tiny guest star on Shameless and it was so funny because uh, I was in a scene with Shannola Hampton. On Shameless, and she's like, oh my god, you're, you're talking about how I go to Canada and like I'm going to grad school and I'm, I'm quitting, getting out of it. And she's like, I don't know, you're really that's not for me. She's the lead of the show I'm doing now. <laughs> like, is not funny.
1: That is funny. She's
0: like, oh, I see you haven't quit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: shit, that's funny. That's
0: great, Small world, uh, anyway
1: yeah did when do you uh did yeah. is this pilot going to series
0: i don't know you i don't, don't know. know it looks like it will i don't mean i don't want to jinx myself let me knock on wood here um so i got some good emails about it though oh that's like c- from the network yeah like they really like it it looks like a series blah blah which Nobody's ever told me dick squat before. Like, when I've made a pilot, I don't hear anything. And then it's just like, yeah, we didn't get picked up. Or we got picked up, but it's for mid-season. Six. Right. Like, heaven heart. Like, one of my producers also did, like, um, so it's based on, it's called Night School, and it's based on this movie that they did for Universal that made a ton of money. And Will Packer, who's like this huge like producer, he's producing it. And Kevin Hart, who was in night school. So Kevin like came and did like made promos with us, like made commercials for the show with us. Oh wow! Like they're picking the shit up. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like maybe they won't, I don't know. I'll be shocked if they don't. It seems like, I don't know. Normally when I do a show, I'm never this positive. I'm like, yeah, no, it's not going. This, I don't know.
1: Well, Kevin it Hart feels like, feels like Kevin Hart feels like a bit of a juggernaut right now. Like he he is he he makes a lot of gold. You I mean you know, it, so that's why he's exciting all the executives because he's the money. Well,
0: no, and Will Packard did. Yeah, the girls' trip. Like he's a huge like producer so like like I wouldn't even look at him but well, I know he like knew who I was because they they wouldn't have picked me if, if he didn't know who I was but like I didn't even like look him in the eye because it's like anytime someone's like super powerful I like avoid 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 just like try not to like stay in my lane and like because I won't get nervous and like you know I don't know whatever so but I knew I did like a really good job after like we were done filming this like one thing it was just like I nailed that shit it was a super like tight ropey scene. Cause like in my audition, they wanted me to cry like real tears. So I was able to do it like fine for the tests and stuff, but I knew that they, cause they wanted to see that this woman could be vulnerable. And I guess they had tested a bunch of people and like a lot of the women that were funny couldn't do like really crying and they didn't feel like they were vulnerable enough. So I'm like, oh, I can do a fucking ball bag. No problem. I got this house thing. All this shit was going on. So I was hysterical sobbing. They're like, bruh, wow. You know, people love to see real tears. They're like, that's real acting. Anyway, um yeah, so then you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, so then um I go to the table read. I know they don't want real tears during the sitcom. This was just the way to get the role. Right. But then I'm like, I kind of pinned this whole performance around this tear action here. Anyway, I finally like, so whatever. I knew like when we went to film it, I'm like, I can't, it can't not feel real. It had to basically be like joke, eyes filled with tears, joke again. It cannot be, but I needed to like really hit it where it really felt like, which I mean, it sounds so like, it was very technical.
1: Yeah, yeah. You
0: know what I mean? Like That's a lot to juggle. Like where you're like, I'm telling a joke here. But I knew, I was like, I can fucking do this and most people can't. And so I just have to really stay focused, be in the moment. And and it happened all three times. Three takes and all three, like I hit the joke. I I hit the next joke. And I was like, oh my God. Like, I felt like I was in the pocket, you know, when you're totally like, like you're just like super focused. Uh Uh-huh. Anyway, so I look over and Will Packer went, and gave me two thumbs up. That was the only time I made eye contact. with them. <laughs> I was like, okay, I did a good job. I can look at my boss.
1: That's great.
0: <laughs> Nervous wreck, constantly. Oh. I anyway.
1: had that crying. I don't thing. know why I'm telling you this. Story. I, I had an audition long time ago. Um, I went, it was like for a guest star on something procedural show, you know, so it was one of these, you know, cops interviewing me or whatever, but I had to be emotional, you know, in the scene, but you yeah. know, I was, it, like contain people aren't like running around crying all the time in real life, you know, you you, you emotional and you you keep contained. So I played the scene exactly how you're supposed to, you know, and the, and the director could read that my emotions were real. So what he said is (laughs) this is a direct quote, you know, for the sake of acting, why don't you just go ahead and cry? So he wanted me to do the scene again and not contain my emotion and just cry. Which, you know, I did because I was there. But when I walked out, it was like, for the sake of acting, what, like.
0: <laughs> uh, what the fuck does that mean?
1: It, it's like, you take, you, I took the direction. I was like, okay. I'll do, And then I walked out. I was like, why the fuck did he ask me to do that? And then I didn't get the part. So it was like, uh, so he just wanted to watch me cry? <laughs> I don't get it.
0: that's uh, he sounds like a serial killer (laughs) i don't know i don't understand why people like that doesn't make any sense to me like why would you do that to somebody
1: i don't know but yeah like like we've said this business is a crapshoot and there's all kind of crazy people so you just deal with it are you uh how do you uh i did um go ahead
0: Oh no! I was just—it made me think when you said this business is a crapshoot. There's all kinds of crazy people. I thought of—I got paid one time. I made this movie. It was like in this period where, like, I had like a great career, and then I like had this period where I feel like it was actually during the year the worst era. In that era, I felt like I couldn't, like, I couldn't get a series regular. All of a sudden, I couldn't like get whatever. Well, I ended up making a movie with these people. Good budget. Like, they paid me a lot of money, but it was like doing a movie with high schoolers. Like, these people did not know what they were doing, but they paid me a ton of money. And it's just what you're saying. Like, we, I felt like, I don't even know. It was like, like, grown-ups who had a bunch of money. They're playing and being directors and producers. And you're like, I can't live i fucking here. You gave me so much money to be here. But this is so crazy. None of you know what you're doing. I'm the only person on set who's ever been born. Like, yeah. Anyway, I, I don't really, know what made me think I of that. Would...
1: I, I, that sounds like something I would actually enjoy if they were giving me a ton of money. And then I realized what I'm working on is, is not up to snuff. I would really enjoy it. Cause I've done y- early in my career. I did some, you know, like exploitation, low budget exploitation films, you know, that they'd play on like HBO in the middle of the night. Like that was how it would premiere, <laughs> you know? And every time I did one of these things, I would have so much fun because, there was there was no pressure on me to be necessarily good. It was I, I'm I'm just a, a, a actor reading lines to get the audience from one naked lady to the next sort of thing.
0: One plot point to the next. <laughs> I felt, I think I would enjoy this shit out of it now, but at the time I still thought I was something special and that I was really deserved to be. Um, because like, I had literally made Interstellar. Like I had had, a, you know, my scene in Interstellar and like worked with Christopher Nolan. And then I'm doing this and I'm like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. I'm above this. Now I think I would have a great time. But at the time, like, and yeah. I actually... Had a really good. So done a ton, Really good. Everyone else on the movie, it was literally like we were in some twi- I me and him and i laughed so hard because no one knew what the fuck they were doing i was like how did they get this much money to make this piece of shit <laughs> like yeah, anyway
1: no I, I i know what you mean it's magical where people get their money in this town i just want i want more of it to come to me that's it that's all i just i want more money <laughs> yeah how, how uh how do you wrap up your show usually? What do you? What, how is there a song? Oh,
0: well, I think we are. Uh, we should sing a song.
1: sing a sing a song. <laughs> sing a song. I don't,
0: yeah, that was a joke. <laughs> I couldn't even keep a straight face. I'm like, no, I don't know why I said that. I can't sing. <laughs> um, how do I wrap up my show? Um, the Pledge of Allegiance. I have no idea. Oh wow! <laughs> that's, like,
1: that's politically divisive. Uh, I
0: know. I, well,
1: I don't know if no, I could still no, sing.
0: What you don't
1: all right let me see we pledge allegiance under the god that's the first problem To the
0: flag to the flag flag.
1: of the united United states
0: States of america
1: and to the republic for which it stands stands. one nation nation under god under god that's the problem area
0: one nation under god wait what's your definition of god
1: well i don't have i mean god is a thing that people believe in that i don't (laughs)
0: yeah but they, like literally can be anything so even if you don't believe in god you have a god you, humanism or fucking outer space or that's true i mean i guess what they meant when they wrote it yes was the christian monotheistic whatever but we all have a god <laughs> we're all answering to something right so that's true that's, in my mind
1: I also, I don't want to have any allegiance towards, uh, uh, like, a fabric, like a piece of fabric. That's weird, too. Like, pledging allegiance to a flag is weird. It's just strange to me. Seems fascistic. But that's just me. Yeah,
0: it's interesting.
1: But they don't do it in a lot of of schools anymore.
0: No, I also feel like, though yeah i go like well because the next thing is indivisible and that does feel important especially now sure because it is so gross what some people are doing on both sides i think is gross in my opinion Mm um and so that animal part feels so important and the symbol of this piece of fabric It, anyway feels like that cohesiveness which I get what you're saying about like uh fascism socialism I don't my um partner is Russian and grew up in communist Russia oh, like wow. in Moscow in the 80s yeah we're wow. the same he's a year older than me but yeah and so like I love hearing his perspective like I feel like it gives me so uh much hope uh, for our country because when you but so he's in the West now, like he moved to the West when he was 19 years old and, um, lives in Canada. So he doesn't have it as bad as us. But, um, but when I hear about his is the experiences growing a country, like, you know, I'm sure Russia has, has great people and great, whatever, not to like disparage them, but, uh, the, ec- the political and economic system there, the structures and the corruption and, um, it's just like he said, the reason he loves, like he never, uh, he had a lot of opportunity there that he like left behind. Cause he had like a really a great family and the generations had lived in Moscow. So obviously it was like, would have been better for him economically to stay. But he was like in the West, it's the only place you can go. You don't have to be corrupt to make it in life. That's not an option in Eastern Europe or in Russia. So you, you have, have to be corrupt. You
1: have to be corrupt. It,
0: you have to be corrupt. There is no option for having morality there. Like you have to be corrupt, or you will not get ahead. And um, and he was like, "I love that. That doesn't. And and things are corrupt here, obviously, but not to that extent yet.
1: Yeah. Um. It feels like we're
0: on the road. And so Yeah. Hearing his like how he grew up. Right. <laughs> okay, right. No, I know. But I do feel like it's a good. Uh, I like that perspective though of, yeah. When I hear the stories of like how things were there, I'm like, okay, we still have it pretty good.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's an important perspective to keep. I agree. That's smart. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for having me on your show. It's been great.
0: (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, it was, thank you for coming on. I really, I really appreciate it.